everyone, and welcome to our fortnightly podcast series. My name is Jan Orford, and I'm your host today. Today's podcast is looking at end-of-life care for the older person with diabetes. However, the information could also be applicable to younger people with diabetes at the end of life. This podcast has been developed in conjunction with the Aged Care and Diabetes Online Learning Modules, which can be accessed via the ADA Learning Management System. I would like to introduce Nicole Duggan, who is a registered nurse and nurse researcher. Nicole has been a credentialed diabetes educator since 2011 and currently works with Barwon Health Newcomb Primary Care. Nicole has a strong interest in supporting older people with diabetes and their family members and carers. Nicole has assisted with a number of research projects, including the Metkela Guidelines for Managing Older People with Diabetes in Community and Other Care Settings, and the Guidelines for Managing Diabetes at the End of Life. Nicole assisted with the development of the Aged Care Modules, which were recently launched by the Minister and can be found on the ADEA LMS. Hello, Nicole, and how are you today? I'm really good, thanks, Jan. Okay, well, I'd like to start the questions, if I might. And the first question I had for you is, why is diabetes management important at the end of a person's life? And what do CDEs need to consider when they're assisting with the development of an end-of-life care plan? Sure. Well, um, diabetes is important at every stage of the life, of the person's life. But specifically, diabetes changes throughout the lifespan and changes need to be identified early and managed. People with diabetes nearing the end of their life often need more support, more intensive support to manage other illnesses. And blood glucose can vary because of illnesses and all the medicines needed to treat illnesses. In addition, people with diabetes may not be able to notice blood glucose excursions due to symptoms associated with illness or the aging process or fatigue, lethargy and other conditions. Therefore, identifying hypoglycemia and hyperglycemia can be difficult and can intensify as the person nears the end of their life. And this, we've found, can cause distressing symptoms and increase the risk of diabetes-related emergencies. Often, family members and carers of people with diabetes may need, may be taking on some support, such as checking blood glucose levels and giving medicines. And these family members and carers may need additional support to help the person nearing the end of life manage their diabetes. It's important that people with diabetes and their family members and carers are equipped to support their diabetes and have a good care plan in place that takes into consideration the situation and changes to, to their blood glucose levels and also takes into consideration that their symptoms may change over time. That's good advice. Thank you, Nicole. I was wondering if you could tell us about advanced care planning and, and particularly in terms of who should develop an advanced care plan and when should it be discussed? So advanced care planning involves making a plan for future health and personal care should a person lose their decision-making cap capability. So it really is about capturing the person's values and wishes. It's about enabling a person to continue to influence treatment decisions, even if and when they can no longer actively participate in those care decisions. Advanced care planning helps to ensure that someone, the loved one, and the doctors know what the health and personal preferences of the person really are. So it really can give everyone some peace of mind. 
um, advanced care planning is important at all life stages, but becomes particularly more important for people who are older and frail or people who have a chronic illness, multiple diseases, cognitive impairment or are approaching the end of life. So advanced care planning allows an individual to document their unique values and preferences should they be unable to do so. And it aims to answer questions such as, what would I want to happen if I couldn't speak for myself? What makes my life worth living? What abilities do I need to maintain and preserve my dignity? And that's looking at things like toileting, feeding and things like that. Um, what if I can no longer recognise or un understand my family? What if I can't eat or drink? What if I'm not able to talk to my family and friends? So it really drills down to about that quality of life issues, what, what the values and preferences are for the individual person. And it's about making um, the person identifying, you know, what their short and long-term goals are in order for them to achieve a good quality of life as they near the end of their life. So the person's able to mention in their advanced care plan what treatments they would want to help to live the way they want to live and what outcomes they would find acceptable for themselves. It's also an opportunity for the individual person to document their beliefs about religion and spirituality and treatments that they feel strongly about, whether they want those to be performed or not. And it also allows an opportunity for them to nominate a substitute decision maker. So can you perhaps provide our members with some tips or suggestions on how to raise this? What is a fairly delicate subject? with people who have diabetes and their carers and family? Yeah, sure, Jan. I think that um, developing that rapport with a person and acknowledging what their diabetes care needs are and what they do do and, and what they're prepared to do is really, really um, useful information. Talking about an advanced care plan can be challenging, so it's really important to start the conversation early in a person's life or early at diagnosis of a life-limiting illness, which, as you've mentioned, can be a very, very delicate conversation to have. So timing is really the key, um, as is ensuring the environment is calm and conducive to enable discussion. It might be that the topic's introduced and nothing else but an introduction is made on that occasion, but it's revisited on a subsequent consult. Um, often providing some advanced care planning literature can be beneficial with the offer to discuss the actual advanced care planning referral in the future. Initiating discussions can start by asking really simple questions about how the person would like their health managed in the future if they can't do so themselves. And really, I suppose what I'm trying to say is really a dedicated personalised approach is needed because each person will, situation will be different. Some strategies that members could find useful is maybe using some examples. For example, you know, mentioning to the person, you know, sometimes care can become really hard. What would you like to happen with your blood glucose monitoring, with your glucose lorry medicines? Getting them to sort of just think about it and noting down their responses. I think really um, a really good question, a gentle question is, is what is the most important thing to you? And finding out that information, because that gives you perhaps a starting point. The other tip that I, I would suggest is, how important is it for you to have a say in your care in the future if needed? And that way, it's giving the person a bit of control about the way their future care might look and be managed. 
So, Nicole, you touched on blood glucose monitoring and I just wondered how long should that can be continued during the palliative care phase of a person with diabetes management and support? Yeah, well, you know, blood glucose monitoring is an individual self-care task that people undertake, but most people with diabetes don't want to feel unwell with their diabetes, so they don't want to have hypos and they don't want to have hypers. So just explaining to the person that, you know, blood glucose monitoring is our tool to help keep you comfortable is kind of like reassuring or can be reassuring to the person that we're not just coming in to check your blood glucose levels. There's important reasons in terms of managing your comfort moving forward. It can be quite reassuring. Um, some patients or clients may have definite views. I think we really need to explain the purpose behind blood glucose monitoring to family members and carers because if the family member and carer feel that their loved one is in distress or having unnecessary interventions, if they don't understand the reason behind in keeping that person free of symptoms and comfortable, then they might see that as intrusive. But it, it really, really is individual um, according to what the patient or client wants, but also, um, also to keep people comfortable. Thanks for that, Nicole. I guess the last question I had for you was, when should medications be stopped in this palliative phase? Yeah, this is another situation that really needs to be um, addressed on an individual one-on-one -on -one basis. So medicines, any medicines will need to be reviewed regularly for the person with diabetes transitioning through the palliative care phase. In relation to glucose-lowering medicines, in some cases it can be safer and more simple to give insulin rather than oral diabetes medicines. But really the person's wishes should be discussed or documented in an advanced care directive or plan to enable clinicians to sort of understand what the person wants. So again, in the end of life phases, we're aiming for symptom management rather than tight glycemic control. So there is, um, there is a need for diabetes medicines to be continued in some circumstances, but not um, to the extent that they're causing symptoms of hypos or that they are um, suboptimal in dose so that they are not keeping the patient in a nice range that's preventing hyperglycemia. Nicole, thank you once again. I'm sure this podcast, while a difficult topic to discuss, I guess, but I'm hoping it's inspired our members to start thinking about working towards expanding their skills in this area. And I thank you, the members, for taking the time to listen to this podcast. And please take the time to download or look at some of the very valuable re references that have been provided on our LMS site. I'm sure you'll find them helpful. You can also upload any questions you may like our speaker to address in the future. If you are interested in undertaking further study on the care of the older person with diabetes, ADEA has recently released an aged care course on the LMS that you may also like to consider undertaking. So thank you once again, Nicole, for, for your time today, and we'll see you all next fortnight. Great. Thanks so much, Jane.